Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. And welcome back to the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ joined by Kelsey, and it is that time of year again. We are closing in on the start of the NFL season. Preseason action is underway, and Kelsey, it's time to do the predictions part of our show, which is some of our favorite things to do every year, predicting seasons coming ahead. And we're going to start with some of the more interesting divisions and from top to bottom with a lot of parity, but at the same time, not a lot of parity, depending on how you look at it. We're going to start with the Western divisions. We're going to go AFC West first. Brought to you by Dr. Squatch, smell like a man, feel like a champion. Limited edition Star Wars soaps available as well, too. Be sure to click the link in our bio. So, Kelsey, tell us, how do you think the AFC West is going to play out? Well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned parody, and then, well, there's whole not, not a whole lot of parody. There should be some parody involved in these Western divisions, but it seems like every time we talk about parody in these, these the AFC West, NFC West, and especially right now, AFC West, it just never works out that way. It's always from top to bottom, the strongest to the least strongest. But I do think this year it does close up a lot, a little bit. The gap of it from, from top to bottom closes up. And I'm going to start with four and work my way up uh, just so I'm not, you know, leaving some of these higher class teams at, or lower class, I don't know, however you want to word them, in, in the dust, if you will. Some of the lower ranked teams. So I'm going to start with number four in the division, finishing out fourth, but with not a terrible record overall with the new 17-game se- season, the Denver Broncos, finishing 7-10. and 10. Very good season for them, but... I just don't have them breaking that edge. They obviously retooled their entire offense. That looks good. But the fact they still aren't decided between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke is going to hurt them completely in this season. Uh, Their defense is older. Now you do have, in my opinion, one of the best safeties on their defense in Justin Simmons. However, you are having aging Von Miller, Bradley Chubb coming off of injury. How good can they really be? You still don't have a top-tier middle linebacker Josie Jewell is, is sustainable as a middle linebacker, but honestly not as the lone middle linebacker there. I think there's a whole lot of work to be done with these Broncos teams, but I do think they show flashes of it. I do think this wide receiving core especially shows a lot of flashes. Noah Fant will show some flashes. Um, I do think they end up with Drew Locke as their guy throughout the season. They're going to switch out quarterbacks probably a couple of times, which is going to kind of be what they figure try to figure out. So you and feel like there's going to be a mess. They're going to be like the, the Dolphins were last year, just kind of rotating whoever they feel like any given moment, basically. 
with a whole lot less success, if you will. <laughs> but yeah, like it's uh, if you're a Broncos fan, you're probably not going to enjoy this season a whole lot. Um, but it's going to work out for the best because you guys are rebuilding towards the future. Um, I think this season is kind of that moment that they're like, all right, well, we didn't cap capitalize. If this is a 16-game season, we finish this game season 7-9. and nine, But because of that extra game in there, they're going to lose that extra game because it's going against a division uh, out-of-division opponent that's a little bit tougher than normal. Um, so I give got the Broncos finishing 7-10. and 10, But they're not the only team in that division to finish 7-10 and 10 in my eyes. Number three, the Las Vegas Raiders finishing seven and 10. So uh, look, it's, it's, it's a Derek, you know, it's Carr, it's Jacobs, it's Waller, but can John Gruden figure out how to use the pieces surrounding those guys to leave a sustainable offense out there? I mean, he has the pieces. You have Henry Ruggs, you have Hunter Renfro, you have all these pieces on offense that you can put out there, but then you choose not to use them. You know, you choose to go with other guys. Last year was Nelson Aguilar. You don't have Nelson Aguilar this year, so who is John Gruden going to throw out there to be that other guy that's going to keep messing up the rotation because he keeps messing up the rotation? Their defense is young and building. Obviously, they still have some holes. Uh, safety, I look at, being one of them. And your entire offensive line, gone. I mean, those are the holes that you like. Rodney Hudson, literally what was considered last year's PFF, or even well, a lot of analysts' favorite center in Rodney Hudson is now a Cardinal. And now you don't have him. You don't have anybody to sustain the outsides for a car. So you're just basically throwing car and guys out there and just saying, make it work, make it work. And they're going to make it work halfway through the season, but it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a lot of Josh Jacobs. I feel like early on, and then they'll finally get their rotation down midway through the season. Again, kind of little same story with the Broncos. I mean, just figure it out about midway through, but it's going to be too late at that point in time. Um, but again, it's another one where, if you had proper coaching would I, that you use proper rotations, I might be more inclined to say they're a little better. But I haven't been sold on the Raiders yet. I feel like they've gone downhill since Gruden's gotten there, and it's not been been good. You just refuse to put a team any higher that starts Jeff Heath at safety. It's kind of in your DNA, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, it's. I mean, you think back to the Cowboys' predictions. When, when Jeff Heath was there, they were always – uh, you know, right around 500. So, and then last year when he was gone, you gave him 12 and four in the predictions too. So I guess it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's only fair, right? Jeff Heath mm. is the big, the, the big anchor, even though he's the only reason they beat the chiefs last year. Uh, but speaking of the chiefs, I do not have them at number two, obviously, but I do have a team that will beat them twice in the year at number two. And that is the Justin Herbert led rookie of the year led LA chargers, uh, which is, Still a little weird for me to say. I had to make sure I looked at it right right before I said LA. But yeah, no, the Chargers to me, probably the best offseason that they could have to improve themselves. I mean, you add Corey Lindsley as that center. Oh. The other guy that was considered all pro right there with Rodney Hudson. Yeah, exactly. The second best lineman, uh, the second best center last year. Uh, second to third best, depending on the rankings. But yeah, I mean, a guy that I'm shocked. I am shocked he left in, he, he was allowed to walk in free agency. I, I cannot believe that he ended up in the Chargers organization. You add to that, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert's growth. Um, you know, Mike Williams is still out there catching balls. Uh, your defense is still young, but improving. They showed lots of improvement last year, especially down the stretch. And let's not forget, Justin Herbert is a guy that battled with some of the best defenses last year with no offensive line. None, you, not even a little bit. <laughs> now you give him an offensive line, you give him a healthy Austin Eckler too. I feel like there's a lot of growth potential here. I think the one big loss for this team, though, is losing Hunter Henry. 
I think that's huge. That's like, that is a shot in the arm. And you're like, oh no. Uh, but I do have them finishing nine and eight. Like I said, they beat the Chiefs twice. But the thing is, they go up against probably one of the toughest divisions in the North this year, the AFC North, as their cross-division cross, 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 cross rival. And that's like, cross sorry, cross-conference rival. But that's going to suck. But I do think they can get out of that 500, um, beating the Bengals and potentially beating either the Steelers or the Ravens. I don't think they beat the Browns. I just don't think they match up well with the Browns. But I think there's holes to take advantage of with the Bengals or with the uh, Steelers and Ravens. One of those two, they will beat. So I think so they you think basically. 500. So you think they beat up the Chiefs? Probably, I imagine you have them sweeping the Raiders and the Broncos as well, or maybe one of those two teams steals one from them. Yeah, but then they is North cameras them down basically. So they virtually sweep their division. They just struggle with everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I think the Chargers have the 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 piece pieces to make it. And for some reason, I just look at this defense for the Chargers. I mean, Bosa. I obviously Ingram Ingram leaving is is not nice. Like that does not feel good if you're a Charger, but you have still a Bosa brother on that offensive line and potentially the better of the two Bosa brothers uh, in Joey. So you, uh, you have a lot of talent there to come around the edge. And we've seen what the chiefs do when you put them on their, their heels and you make Patty have to run around and, and make look, he's a fascinating character as quarterback. He is an absolutely top tier quarterback. There's no arguing what Patty can do, but when you get him off his spot and you make him run around and be a superhuman, the rest of the team shows that showed last year that they couldn't do it. And granted, it wasn't the Super Bowl against a much different Buccaneers team. But I think that Buccaneers team has a lot of similarities to their defense, the way this Chargers does. Not the same tier, obviously. I'm not talking to the same levels. There's there's levels to this thing that is completely different. But the Chargers have the same makeup. That They're a great value team. version at this point, is what you're saying. Like they have a lot of they have a lot of things they can do and that they can mimic. They might not be able to do it as well, but they can do just enough to maybe where maybe their offense and their familiarity could kind of fill in the gaps. Exactly. So and Linval Joseph, everybody forgets about Linval Joseph in the dead center of that defensive line, too. And he's still a big man that can still stop the run. So a lot of teams will have will have struggles with the Chargers. So give me nine and eight for the Chargers, finishing second in the division. Not a vast improvement over the other teams, but it's over 500 in a 17-game season. It's going to be an improvement for them. Uh, but then, obviously, number one, the Chiefs. I have them finishing 13-4, and four, and those two losses in division against the Chargers hurt. But then I also have them losing to the Bills, and I also have them losing to the Browns in the battle of young up-and-coming quarterbacks, if you will. Very interesting. Okay. When I was looking at that, I, that one was tough for me as well, too. I was like, damn, can they, them and the Browns that rematch right away. I personally think they're going to take the Browns out because it's week one. And I think just, I just think the way they're matched up, I think a week one type matchup favors the chiefs, but that's a good point as well, too. Like that's a chiefs are not getting a break right out of the gate. I mean, your first three games, Browns, Ravens, chargers. Yeah. And I had a hard time that first three games. I was like, Looking at their looking at the the Chiefs roster, it's like that is not a fun set stock top three. Like you start out that way, and then looking at they just reformatted their offensive line. In my eyes, I look at it like you're gonna lose two games. It's kind of what I was thinking in that system, which is why the Chargers take game three, which is why the Browns take game one from that series. And that's that's my that's how I look at it. But I think there's that there's that obviously the Chiefs are a great team. Andy Reid is a great offensive coordinator. Their big hole is defense, but they're also how fast have they gelled in this offseason considering everything they've they've lost and then you also have DeBernier Tardif coming back after being a doctor on the front lines of COVID for as long as he was he'll be returning this season to play his all pro position however he has taken a season off and when you look at this Browns team that defense is deadly 
And you look at the Chargers, that defense is really good. And the things they can take advantage of are the offensive line for the, the Chiefs. And I think that's what sets the difference here and why the Chiefs lose those two games. But then they rattle off a whole bunch of wins in between until they meet up with the Browns and Chargers again later in the season. <laughs> so it's like, it look, the Chiefs are, and they showed this last year too, that for some reason the Chiefs, they kind of get off to a sleepy start, if you will. It's like not the Chiefs we saw at the end of the season where we're just like, have we seen better football before ever? I don't think we ever have. Um, I do think they're just... They're a top quality team. I just think when it comes down to it, they're going to lose a couple of games. Just you can't win them all. Yeah. I mean, look, you're playing 17 games now. You're going to take a couple of games off, whether you want to or you're being told to, or physically your mind is just not there, or maybe your body's not there. Something's going to happen that you're going to lose a couple of games that you probably shouldn't, which explains kind of the Chargers sweep. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is still the Chiefs division to win. I don't think there's any questions about that. I think anybody who tells themselves something different might be just a little biased. <laughs> but, but, you know, it is it is what it is. And uh, I just think that this this division is a young young division trying to build itself. But that Chiefs team is still just so good. So good for right now. And honestly, this is the division of tight ends. Even though losing Hunter Henry, it's still the division of tight ends, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, two of the top three best ones, three of the top ten, like it's – Tight ends run this division, to say the least. And well, I'm going to look at my FCUS West West predictions. You went from the bottom up. I'm going to start from the top down just to kind of match what you do with the Chiefs. I actually have them going 14 and three. So I have them winning one more game. How I have them going. To, I think they beat the Browns week one. I think they beat the, beat the Ravens week two. I think they lose to the Chargers week three, as you do. I think they lose to the Bills in week five. I think the Bills come out with a little bit of vengeance, a little bit of stank on that one. Come in, you know, just trying to, trying to bounce back a little something extra. Then a few weeks later, I have them losing to the Packers in early November. I think that's going to be a really close just battle, and I think the Packers will come out close in that one. And then I have them rolling off a whole lot of wins as well, too, basically after that point, not losing another regular season game the rest of the way. I think they're going to bring both. They're going to bring the stank to the Raiders both times, both times to the Broncos. They're going to rematch against the Chargers. They're going to get the second one in December. They're going to catch the Steelers. They'll beat the Bengals. They have, should have no problem. I think it's a lot of the same reasons. They'll start a little slow, getting the offensive line to gel. I do think that offensive line, what's really going to help is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Damian Williams. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball differently as well, too, especially if Mitchell Schwartz can get healthy. Maybe they do bring him back as well. Just to re- I think it's going, to be a, it's going to be a fortified unit. I think Patrick's going to – he's going to do his thing. He's going to put up Star Wars numbers. Tyreek Hill's going to be terrifying people. Travis Kelsey's going to have another 1,000-yard season. It's clockwork at this point. Miko Hardman will step up. They're going to be dangerous. I think it's going to be closer to, like, that 2018 Chiefs, though, than last year's because – the Frank Clark situation, I have no idea how that's going to play out. He did not look good last year. Chris Jones is still really good, but he's a little limited. The way He's a big presence in the middle, but he can get taken out of games a little bit. He's not quite like the Forrest Buckner and Aaron Donald guys that just seem to wreak havoc at all times. He, he's a guy that can, can wreak havoc, but can kind of – you could slow him down a little bit easier and his injury history too on top of it. Yeah, he seems like he can get lost in games sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Like, he's not always the most anchored defender sometimes. He's disruptive because he goes the wrong way almost to a point. Like, he's still is still able to stop people. Tyron Matthew, I think he's really good. I think we saw a little bit down the stretch. Like, he can get caught a little bit in coverage. Their corners, I like Legereus Sneed, but other than that, they can get had. The linebackers, not bad, but they can probably get had. I think the defense is going to take a step back, and I think that's going to hurt them this season. But I think they'll be able to run the ball, balance it out. It'll be – Pretty interesting start. I mean, I have them going being three and two at one point, then just going 
absolutely put bananas in 11 and one the rest of the way. So there's still the cheese. Like I said, like good luck, everybody else. I think the bills matchup will be fun. I think the chargers will steal one from them. I think the Packers will catch him in a shootout, just the way things go sometimes. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, someone's going to win one. I mean, like, I can't expect someone to go 10 for 10 or something against each other. Yeah. My big thing with the Packers, I just, I wasn't sure what, like it's, it's a crapshoot really, you, you know, with, with the Packers, like I said, with the chiefs, I'm like, they're going to lose two games of the first three. Well, I could have extended that to the Packers game as well. They're going to lose two games in that between that run and, you know, and, and included the Packers in that just because I wasn't sure about the Packers either. I kind of flipped a coin on that one. It was just like, which Packers are we going to see today? All right. You know, and we'll get to the Packers woes later on when we get to the North, but when we talk about them, we'll definitely talk more about that as well, too. My thought was that'll be a game where you get the best Aaron Rodgers. He'll come out there to make a point. You'll get the best Devontae Adams coming out there to make a point. Like, that'll be the one where, despite some of the Packers' woes that they might experience this year, we'll talk about coming up as well, and some of this offseason turmoil that might affect him. That's going to be the game where it doesn't matter. That's going to be the game for me where they're like, okay, we're going to make a point on these kids. Like, there's there's no questions here who's going to – they're going to come – they're going to come out to make a point. Yeah, and I love how we both like the, the defense for the Chiefs is going to be their downfall. And you're giving him three losses. I'm giving him four losses. <laughs> like, like we say, there's a hole there, and it's like, oh, well, that could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a hole, but it's like, yeah, we'll make it work. Just put a little duct tape on it, you know. We'll we'll handle it. Exactly, and that leads me to the Chargers as my second team as well too. I have them going 11 and six actually, though. I actually have them going a little bit better. I think Justin Herbert's going to take that leap. I think Keenan Allen's going to emerge as a top five, six weapon, at, even more so. Mike Williams is going to be healthy. I think they're going to find somebody that can work with Justin Herbert at tight end. It doesn't have to be Hunter Henry. It could just be somebody. I just realized their tight end is Jared Cook. So to your answer, a very good veteran who's just coming off playing with just one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And he's had a pretty successful run recently. So a guy that can work very well with Justin Herbert. Exactly. He's played with Drew Brees. He's played with Derek Carr. He's played with Brian. Like he'll make it work. Like they will make it work. And I, that offensive line is going to be a lot more fortified with Austin Eckler, the various running backs they could put in there. Corey Lindley, also Rashawn Slater, a guy who on our big board was the second best player. You could plug him anywhere on that line as well, too. They're getting healthy. That's going to be a strong front unit for them as well, too. Still not quite elite. Maybe not as good as the Chiefs offensive line with all the pieces they brought in, but it's going to be a whole lot better than what, the, what it was last year when they were, yeah, it was Justin Herbert makes some magic happen. And I think with the full offseason, he's going to be better, too. They got tape on him but he also has tape on defenses. I think that's where it's going to bounce out. And I think he has more weapons than a lot of younger quarterbacks do. And I like Stanley as the new head coach, the former Ramsey coordinator. He looks like a defensive version of Sean McVay, which is where I think the Chargers are going to take a big step up is defensively. You mentioned the loss of Melvin Ingram. Joey Bosa might just still be that dude regardless. Linville Joseph in the middle, take up space. Kenneth Murray, the young linebacker out of Oklahoma, he glides across the field at times. He can fly. Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, to go at corner as well. And you got Derwin James, if he can come back and stay healthy. I'm assuming he's going to be healthy and play, which means you bring back an X factor at safety. That's going to be, I really like the Chargers. I think they're going to be a team that breaks out a little bit this year. But the fun part about their schedule is I have them starting 0-1. I think Washington catches them early because that defensive line is going to attack that offensive line. Then I think they actually beat the Cowboys, beat the Chargers, beat the Raiders. I think they lose to the Browns. So they end up 3-2. and two. I just think they, they go 0-1 to start. Then the, I actually think they beat the Ravens right after that. I think they beat the Patriots in like a Justin Herbert gets his revenge thing. They beat the Eagles. I actually think they lose to the Vikings after that. I think the Vikings, that's just one of the games where the Vikings play as good as they should play. And then after that, they like they control a lot of these division games. They split with the Chiefs. I think the Chargers are able to get rolling as well after weirdly that 0-1 start, which 
I don't know what it is about Washington. I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick in those first three games will be dangerous. And that defense and all those weapons and everything they got going there, then they'll kind of fall off a little bit. But I think they'll catch the Chargers at the right time. There's something about Fitz magic in the first seven games of the season. You just don't know exactly how long it's going to last, but you know it's going to be. It's usually about the first four. (laughs) Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. No, I I, I love, like, you know, everybody forgets about the fact Derwin James is coming back for this Chargers team, too. And that's always something you have to mention is if he can come back healthy, like, there's. There's no stopping that man when he gets going because he's played, what, 25 games in his career at this point in time? If that, yeah. Like, it might even be closer to 22, and and that's including playoffs. And in those games, he's proven himself an all-pro in 25 games in his career. So give this man some time to actually play under a full season. I think it's terrifying. And and also, there's there's just a guy by the name of Drew Tranquil at their middle linebacker spot as well, who everybody forgets about, but he runs like a corner, hits like a Mack truck, and is a high quality engine when it comes to that being in the dead center, that defense and calling out the plays. A lot of people forget about them. And you mentioned Rashawn Slater. I mean, have the videos that have been coming out of their preseason camps. Oh boy. If he, these are against, these are going against Bosa. It's just like, well, let's hope that continues. uh, He seems ready. Like he just seems ready. Yeah, exactly. So that Chargers team is, I, I, I like where you have them at. I, Personally, I think there's a that corner spot, those corners, is where I worry about them defensively. It's going to be coaching that takes them to the next step that you're predicting them to. I think that's that's where I was. Is I was kind of like, I, I'm just not sold on the coaching staff yet. I'm not saying they're bad, but this is kind of like, in my eyes, this is like the Kevin Stefanski last year situation where I wasn't just sold on him completely. But you were all in on it. You got it exactly right with the Browns. So who knows? Maybe this could be a repeat of that. It might be. I just, I love what Stanley did. You like, and I look at the similarities last year, you gave him Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey made everything else work this year. You give him Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and even Kenneth Murray to make everything else work. I think he will scheme around it. He will find ways to make it work. Asante Samuel Jr. You got two first round picks really getting Asante Samuel Jr. Second round too. I mean, Chris Harris at corner as well too, if I'm not mistaken, he's still there as well. They let Casey Hayward go, which I kind of hate. I would love to see Casey Hayward stay there. I, I, I love this game, but I understand that things have to happen. And then Austin Eckler, I think he's going to be fantastic again and stay healthy. And you got a rotation of running backs you could throw out there. So give me the Chargers 11 and 6, taking a wild card spot as well, too. And starting out 0 and 1, and then somehow going on an SL run and splitting with the Chiefs. I don't have them sweeping the Chiefs, I have them splitting. It's a little bit different. <laughs> a, little more, a little more realistic from you, I, I see. I don't know, though. I mean, I think they could steal both from the Chiefs, just like you said, but then the Chiefs still win the division. It's very possible. Anything could happen. And then next up, I have the Raiders at 7 and 10, the same record as you do. I think. Darren Waller's going to do his thing. Josh Jacobson do his thing. That that offensive line was gutted, though. You lost Trent Williams. You lost Rodney Hudson. I think they lost their left tackle as well, too. Like, they just – you. the only guy you really kept was Regine Incognito. Yeah, it was Gabe Jackson, actually, the right guard that they left. So, they you lost everything, and you brought in Alex Leatherwood, who I do like. I mean, I didn't like him as a first-round pick, but I like him. He could fill a spot for you. You brought in Trayvon Merrick. I loved it, especially because you got him in the second round. And you brought in another later safety. I can't remember his name. So, like – they're building multiple safeties. I think they're going to try and run one of those guys as almost like a sub linebacker. Maybe they put Jeff Heath down as an in-the-box safety linebacker so he could just torpedo like he normally does. So I think their defense position. Let's be completely that, honest. That's, that's Jeff exactly. best position. And I like Max Crosby, Cleveland Farrell. Like they, I like some of the guys that they've had. Carl Nassib. Like they, they can generate kind of a rush. Not a good one. They don't have one guy where it's like, oh, God. And at their corners are still – I don't really like the Damon Arnett fit, really. I don't. I didn't like a lot of what I saw last year. Like they, they have some holes. That's why I don't have them getting much higher. And they just lost entirely too much. They'll get something going. You still, you mentioned Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, who's been lighting it up in camp from what they've said too. 
They got Edwards too, another young guy who was a rookie last year. Like they, they got guys. So I think they'll still be able to steal some games. But when you got to deal with this Chargers and Chiefs teams that the Chiefs that are the Chiefs and got better, the Chargers who I think are going to take a leap. It's more or less, I'm sorry, Raiders, you are stuck here. If you throw them in a lot of other divisions, maybe they have a better, stronger case. But you're, you're running uphill in ice skates at this point. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. If you throw them in another division other than maybe the NFC West, their running game situation looks a whole lot better and against teams that – look at every team in the West, right, other than the Raiders. Every single other team is a spread them out, throw it over the top of you, occasionally run it through the middle, of, and, but the rest – spread you out and throw it over you. And if you don't have enough corners to do it and you don't have enough safeties to do it, I, you're kind of out of luck. But I will say, you you mentioned Carl Nassib. You mentioned Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell. That's a strong defensive line. That's not, like, that's nothing to just scoff at. Those, those guys have had some pretty good seasons recently, especially Max Crosby. Carl Nassib had a career year last year. Cleveland Farrell, obviously still building on what he had in Clemson, trying to figure himself out in the pros. But it looked a little bit like last year he could get there. I, mean, I think really. they would all benefit if they had another like another dude next to them, if that makes sense too. Like we saw what how all the Washington players got better when Chase Young came in too, just to kind of round it out. Montez Sweat got a little better, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, all of them kind of got a little bit better. You could throw another guy at these Raiders, like a true number one pass rusher, a guy that can almost demand a double team or at least all eyes on him. Like there's not a lot of those guys, obviously, but like a prime Melvin Ingram, that'd be a really good fit. Obviously, that's not an option, but like something like that would make all of them so good. Like I just yeah, one other guy that could bolster it a little bit that or maybe even a big interior like if they could have taken Linval joseph and put him next to cleveland farrell type of situation something where, like that yeah, yeah just you, you demand that interior double team and don't allow him to get to the out you know that guy on the edge next to next to him i think that could have worked too uh, that's exactly. just an idea exactly or just got a little bit if i trusted their secondary a little bit more maybe and there's the gutting of the offensive line and the defensive improvements I didn't like, I love, I like the Trayvon Merritt pick. I love that pick. And I think he's going to do wonders for him. I just, there's still some holes. Jonathan Abram, I'm still not sure how I feel about him. Like he has those moments, but then at the other times I see him getting completely bewildered in coverage. It's, I, I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. So I'll give, we'll see how that goes. To be frank, that's, he's the safety hole I'm talking, the safety issue I'm talking about. And it's because, it's because I trust Trayvon Merritt. Obviously he'll have his rookie woes. Everybody has their rookie woes, but Jonathan Abram looks more like sub nickel linebacker then he looks safety all time position, you know, like he can play safety, but I do feel like he would feel better. Just, I honestly hate to say it, but just like Jeff Heath in the box, he has a lot more coverage abilities than Jeff Heath, but I do feel like he's not an over the top guy. He's got to almost be in the box covering a hook zone. It feels like, or like trailing, maybe trailing a tight end. Who's not a elite tight end, something like that too. He's like maybe Jamal Adams. I feel like at this point in time, that's a good way to put it. Like exactly. Yeah. Not quite as it, not quite as, terrifying either like very few humans are so i have the raiders going. but it's just you know yeah and i saw the raiders going 7 10 the broncos right behind him at 6 and 11 i think that defense will be nice i like justin simmons i like the kyle fuller edition if you can if you can get bradley chubb and von miller to play together which they really haven't done since bradley chubb was drafted that could be very very nice as well too i like josie jewel at linebacker they have they have dudes there the problem is they can't all seem to play at the same time and at this, and I don't really trust some of their miscellaneous parts, like the un, unheralded guys. None of them really stick out to me very much. Offense, the offensive line still a little could be better. I also forgot to mention they did draft Patrick Sertan, so I do like him opposite Kyle Fuller. Like maybe this, maybe the secondary could be good. And I love their draft class. I liked the drafting of Baron Browning too. Like I do like what they did in the draft. But that quarterback hole, I'm questioning. Like is Drew Lock the dude? Because last year I think a lot of us thought he could be that guy, but he never. After the injury, he's never. He kind of got worse after the injury. Maybe he bounces back and this is the year. 
maybe we were, I was just a little bit late. I thought he'd be better last year. I'm not sold on Teddy Bridgewater with this team. Really. I don't, they have weapons. I like Jerry Judy. He showed some stuff last year. Corlin Sutton coming back healthy. No offense, an emerging star. Ken ha- KJ Hamler. The offensive line still kind of shaky. The running back situation. It's not bad. I'm not trying to insult it. It's just Phil Lindsay's all right. Like there's nothing Melvin, Melvin Gordon's okay. Actually. Like they, they have some stuff there, but it's nothing to, not the what Teddy Bridgewater had last year in Carolina outweighs that on offense, and he still struggled to get that stuff done. And Drew Locke, I just don't know about at this point, honestly. And as the head coach, I really like Vic Fangio as a coordinator, one of the best coordinators, linebacker coaches of this generation. But as a head coach, I'm not sure he's able to get all this. I think he's the one of those quintessential guys that's in a Hall of Fame coordinator, but not quite a head coach. Yeah, definitely. I, I actually love that analysis on Fangio because I, I was I, you, you almost don't want to say it about him because you feel blasphemous saying that he's not a great head coach, but he's a better coordinator. But it's like, in reality, some coaches are that way. You think about some of the greats, they just been better offensive coordinators than they have been. Look in the Super Bowl, Todd Bowles, a ter- not a very good Jets head coach, oh, Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. Like, and it's maybe he can be a better head coach than I'm getting credit for. Maybe the Broncos situation just hasn't played out for his favor. Maybe he just needs a little more help. He's not one of those guys that could make chicken salad out of chicken poop. Maybe he's a guy that just needs at least – you know, chicken breast to make chicken salad, I guess. You know what I mean? So maybe he just needs a little bit, a little bit more, but I think they're going to bring up the tail end of this division. Just not even really do their fault. Just look at the other quarterbacks on top of it. Like it's kind of how the order goes at this point is quarterbacks and then support help. And Broncos do have a lot of good support, but they're missing. Like they have the worst offensive line. I think even with all the Raiders doomsday woes, I still think the Raiders have a slightly better offensive line defensively. They might have the best secondary, honestly, like as far as depth goes. Yeah, I will say, though, I, obviously, offensive line speaking, Matthew Bowles, still a high-quality offensive lineman, not saying he's not, but it's Matthew Bowles and four other dudes on that offensive line, it feels like. And then, obviously, they had they, they got my favorite draft pick out of uh, Wisconsin Whitewater there for the offensive line, but he probably won't start, if we're being honest. And if he maybe he does, maybe he is the guy that can make a difference, but I still don't think it's maybe they go end up going seven and ten. Like, I still think they're going to kind of be bringing up the back end. I don't think they're going to catch up the other teams. I could be wrong, but I just on paper, I'm not seeing it right now. So I have it going same order as you Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, similar records at the bottom. But I do think the Chargers take that leap and end up being not just a wild card team, but like a solidified wild card team, like a team where you stick it in some of these other divisions, they probably walk away with the division. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I love, I, you know, it's funny that we both come up with the same, we've probably been doing this podcast for too long when we're coming <laughs> up with the same exact list with almost the exact same records for every one of them. Uh, but I, I, you know, I just, with your Chargers pick and my difference between the Chargers pick and your pick with record wise was just, I'm not sure if they'll take that extra step. I think they'll take a step forward, obviously with a nine and eight record, but mine was, can they take that next neck, you know, the top step to become is it a big step? That's the question. Yeah. Like, can you take the Josh Allen Buffalo Bills step from last year and be that team that is now a wild card favorite? Like, you know, like, can you make that step? Or will you just be a good team on your way to making that next step? That and it's, it could go very much either way. I mean, they could plummet. Maybe last year was a fluke for Justin Herbert, and it could just be like, oh, wow, look at that amazing rookie year that disappears. But I think he's going to take not quite that Josh Allen leap, but something between that two. Maybe not even quite – not quite that Lamar Jackson leap that he made between year one and year two, but something in between for both of those guys too. Like not quite that ridiculous, but enough with what he has around and like maybe the passing leap that Josh Allen made, but not quite the mobility jump that they both had, if that makes sense. So maybe not quite as much dynamicness, but I think he's going to make a jump and be not to say pro bowler by, by like alternate and someone has to go play, 
I think you'll be really deep into that Pro Bowl category. Maybe similar to the jump that Carson Wentz made when we look at it from his first year to his second year. Something kind of like that as well. I just hope it doesn't come with a third year woes. <laughs> or fourth we, or fifth I, or injury woes or anything yeah. like that. Because like, you I, what I, you're I, seeing with Justin, with Justin Herbert. He is, I kind of look at him as kind of one of the future guys in the, in the league. Obviously, we talked about it a lot last year. Um, but I mean, he you know, knocked that, out a linebacker who tried to hit stick him. That's all you need to know at this <laughs> point as well, too. And then flicked a 50-yard touchdown later in the game. Exactly. So, obviously, a whole lot to look forward to in the AFC West. But we are not done with our predictions yet. We have a whole nother weather Western division to get over. And that's the NFC West. And we talk about all the ups and downs of, of the AFC West last year. Well, the NFC West was probably a little bit more crazy than, than expected because you had the Niners never healthy, the Seahawks and all their, whatever you want to call it during the season <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And then you had the Cardinals with the catch with the Deandre down there somewhere, the raising Jordan prices by absolute. I didn't know Jordan could raise their prices anymore. Um, <laughs> well, it then, looks like I'm not ever getting them again. Yeah. And then you have the new Rams, the new look Rams with Matthew Stafford and yet another thumb wall going forward. But you know, who knows, who knows what to do with this NFC West, but this is going to be the NFC West presented to you by Swift lifestyles. If you haven't heard about it, it's our new partner with the network and Swift is a gamer fuel nutrition lifestyle brand came to existence because there have been no clean type of gamer fuels or energy drink supplements. It's those little buckets that you put in water. Tastes absolutely great. We just got them today. We got to test them out. We got the bubblegum flavor. We got the blue Raz flavor. It's actually called Blue Strip. Absolutely fantastic. I think bubblegum might be the favorite so far, but it's not by much. I mean, the blue is still really good. Um, it's just, I never had bubblegum that actually tasted like bubblegum. <laughs> it was bubblicious and it did not disappoint us all too. We definitely highly recommend it. So go ahead and click that link below and go and give it a try too. See if we do have a discount code as well too. High Low Sports, get yourself about 15% off as well too. Maybe help us get a flavor inspired by ourselves as well too. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner so definitely do that help us out and you know you get it you get, you get it for a cheaper price why not give it a try right so kelsey the nfc west you alluded to it sounds like yours is going to be a little bit wackier let's get down to it yeah so it's this is a really weird division right there's top to bottom you have a whole lot of competitors you have dudes that just that they just fight they just know how to game and at the end of the day there's a lot of lot of talent in this division and with this new 17 game record or 17-game season, you can actually have the potential because of the added games for one division to not have a team under 500. And I have to say that because I didn't mean to do it, but when it happened and I'm going through the scheduling, every team in this division finishes above 500. Okay, so you think this is going to be the best division in football, basically? Best, luckiest. Ironicest, something some like that. Some kind of combination of the thing. It is the NFC West at the finest, if that makes sense, because this this division is absolutely nuts right now. I mean, we're talking about a division that once put a losing record team into a into a, a division winning situation, and they won a game in the playoffs. Let's not forget that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this this division is crazy. So from the bottom to the top, three teams finished nine and eight. Let's go ahead and say that. Starting at the bottom, the 49ers with the tiebreaker woes of all tiebreaker woes finished fourth in the NFC West. 
after all their issues last year, after drafting Trey Lance, you still start the season with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're still going to ha- have the same offensive woes you had before because you have lost pieces on that offense. You no longer have a Kendrick Bourne out there. You have Debo Samuel. You have Brandon Ayuk. You have George Kittle, who's healthy, which thankfully he's healthy, but you've lost the, the stable of running backs there. Now you have Raheem Mostert as your running back. And then you have Jeff Wilson Jr. And so two guys that obviously Jeff Wilson stepped up a lot last year. I'm not going to say he didn't, but two guys you worry about a lot on, on the back end. But they're still good enough of an offense to beat teams in a regular season game by just nickel and diming them. Their defense is still a very talented defense. They have one of the top five linebackers in the game in Fred Warner. Obviously, there's some question marks with that cornerback staffing, with everything happening there. What are they going to do to fill those positions and keep them sustainable, if that makes sense? Like, you don't want to – they're not a bad quarterback core by any group, by any matter, but they are not an elite NFL-level cornerback crew. Like, not a single one of them is head and shoulders above everybody else. They're all just pretty good, right? That's kind of how it feels, Um, which is fine. I mean, in this division, you just have to have guys to keep the top on. And your safeties can do that in, in San Francisco. So, And you still have a Bosa brother rushing the passer. You still have that very good defensive line. I'm not going to take anything away from it. You still have an offensive line still kind of going through some offensive woes. Hopefully they can get it together. McGlinchey especially, if he can play as well as we project him to have been playing. As if, he could, if he could play as well as his former Notre Dame teammate for just one season, he'd do pretty good. So the Niners, though, 9-8, nine and eight, they split every single – regular every single one of their division games and that's why this this division ends up the way they do it's again like i had it last year where they all split their division games again i predict they predict they split all regular season games amongst the division here's the question though when do you have trey lance come in or if at all trey lance to me comes in in about week six is when i had it coming in it's right right around that bye week uh or i think they're by this week seven if i'm not mistaken so uh, it is after their fifth game. So, yeah, it'll be week six when their bye week comes in. Yeah, yeah. so it'd be it'd be projected for coming off that bye week that he starts. So you have his first game going against the Colts and their defense as well, too. You're saying, all right, Trey Lance, go deal with DeForest Buckner. And I have him losing to the Colts, actually, um, which is one of their eight losses. But it's weird. The way the 49ers schedule is kind of set up, they could honestly lose their first five games and still be okay. Or <laughs> lose five out of their first six and still be okay because they're back into the schedule – Actually, it's a lot weaker than the front end uh, is, you know, and, and so just like for some reason, if Trey Lance can get in and they get on a, on a roll, you add that aspect of what Trey Lance can do with his feet as well. And he's not as set in the has to be a play action pass to be successful type of situation. I think there's a lot to a lot to look forward to with the Niners. But at the same time, it's not enough to win your division, but you're going to have a positive. You're going to have a plus 500 record. John, what John Lynch is doing in that in there at, from a GM position is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, you know, to take anything away from him is, is a slight to what he's been able to do. But I think the 49ers are just not there yet. They're getting there, but they're not there yet. So at number three, losing, again, a tiebreaker, but winning a tiebreaker over the Niners, the Seahawks at nine and eight. Uh, again, this is comes down to, if anybody watched the season last year, you're going to be like, oh, how do you say that DK Metcalf this, DK Metcalf that? Yeah, but what happened when they couldn't throw the deep ball? They lost. A lot. A lot. <laughs> it was not pretty when they did win either, too. Exactly. Fun fact about DK Metcalf, he's not even the fastest receiver in this division. Uh, I'm just going to 
drop that little tidbit in there as well. Um, but no, DK, look, he's a fantastic athlete. He's a freak athlete. There's, there's no cutting about it. He is still not the number one receiver on this team. And that's Lockett. It's loads for crazy. He should be treated as the number two receiver with Tyler Lock as number one. Granted, they sometimes treat DK as the number one. Yeah, for better and worse. And 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 really when they rely on DK, and I said this last year when we did our collab show on the network, you, you cannot treat DK as a number one option because Tyler Lockett decides this team's success because of those deep option routes that he runs with, with Russell that are just second nature. I mean, really, these guys have this plan in their head and it's just one look at the defense no signals needed and they have the same page but with with dk he's still learning that that aspect of russell wilson's game and so there's a lot to be done there work-wise and i think this offseason there was a lot of turmoil whether russ is going to stay russ is going to go you know dk and his i want to run olympic track and that he literally spent six weeks training for olympic track running that does take away from football time in case anybody's ever curious on how that works in the off season. So that's not a full off season of training for a guy coming off of his rookie year. So I, I think there's some work to be done for the Seahawks. They still look good. Still nine and eight. The defense still looks good. Bobby Wagner, top five de- uh, uh, linebacker in the game. My favorite in the line in the game, Jamal Adams should be a top five linebacker in the game is listed as a safety. <laughs> so you know, it, it's it's going to be one of those situations. Their defensive line needs some work as well. Um, but the Seahawks still finish above 500. Uh, but again, lose a tiebreaker to the Rams at 9-8, and eight, who take the number two position in the division. So and let me get this straight now. You have the Cardinals taking the top spot, not at 9-8, and eight, huh? No, Cardinals Cardinals not at 9-8, and eight, but uh, they're not far ahead. But no, <laughs> the, the Rams 9-8, and eight, uh, look again, Rams, their biggest issue to me, Cam Akers is not going to play this season. That's a that's a big blow. And you, what was your clear advantage in having an offense completely built to help Matt Stafford? Now took a big hit in Cam Akers not being there to run the ball. I mean, he showed flashes and beyond flashes. I mean, he was a touted running back, ready to go. And you don't have that same burst. You don't have that same explosiveness out of your replacement for him yet. But you do have a great wide receiving core which is why you win nine games. You have a great defense, which is why you win nine games. You have a top five corner. You have a top world defensive tackle, and I'm going to do whatever the heck I want, Aaron Donald. Um, and that's, that's fantastic. You're missing a couple things here and there. You have a couple young pieces that can be exploited. Your offensive line isn't foolproof. No. But sustainable. You have one of the most still pretty good, still yeah, still quite good nonetheless. Yeah. Just not oh god. Yeah, you know you have one of the most brilliant head coaches in the game currently. Can Almost too without sometimes Jared Goff. He, sometimes he coaches himself into a circle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can he do it without Jared Goff though? Maybe there's such thing as too much coaching, and sometimes he tries that. And so, can he do it without Jared Goff? Can he do it with a very experienced Matt Stafford who has an arm that still can throw it over a mile in his sleep? So. <laughs> We'll have to see that. But I do think the Rams can be good. They can they can be much better than what I'm ranking them at. But again, they split all the division games. And then that division series, the cross-conference series that they have to deal with is not an easy series again. There are some games to be won. But I feel like the holes in their offensive line can be exploited a lot. So that's going to take us to your top team of the Cardinals winning this division. Rodney Hudson is the reason why. And we talked <laughs> not about JJ Watt, not AJ Green, Rodney no. Hudson. <laughs> Rodney Hudson. And look, 
you take an offensive, you take an offense that was as good as the Cardinals were last year, and you give them an experienced pro at center in Rodney Hudson, who is the best center currently in the game, to work with Kyler Murray to be help be able to help him call out blitzes, call out protections, and give a young quarterback in Kyler Murray a safety valve. Like, have you ever heard of a safety valve as a, as an offensive line? It very rarely happens, but some of the greats have had them. You know, Jeff Saturday with Peyton Manning. Those two worked in tandem together. You think about all those years of Tom Brady, he always had a center that would help him communicate. You know, Dan Reno had one of the better centers of his generation playing with him. John Elway, again, one of the better centers to ever play with him. So there's guys, to be a great quarterback, you also need to have a great offensive line. You have to have a great center to help you out. And I do think this is a situation where it comes into help. I only have him at 10 and seven because I felt like there's still holes on the defense that can be capitalized on. I still think the running game, it looks good, but can be capitalized. Like it can be, it can be made. If it's the, if it's their primary focus on offense, you can lose a game if you're the Cardinals, but their offensive weapons. I, I mean, they're the receiving core. I don't want to deal with that. AJ green as their third option. Terrifying to me. Absolutely terrifying to me. I don't want to deal with that, but I think the Cardinals are the best team on paper for sure. But I do think there are some holes to be taking, taking advantage of. Which is what happens in their their cross conference rivalry or cross conference games this season, they get taken advantage of. But I do think in their division, best team in their division, but they still split all. It's, okay. it's, the, it's a weird it's a weird conflux. They lose all their their main conference uh, crossovers, and they lose three of their games in their division, and that's their losses. So this is just an absolute crapshoot of a division. Is how you basically have yeah, a plan absolutely. out. It's like everybody I mean, hit everybody. Look, I look at the Cardinals. I look at the Rams. They have the best opportunity to grow and be above what I'm expecting. I think the Seahawks and 49ers have the best opportunities to fall beneath that just because of their own question marks. But I, I don't know. I feel like this is the best way I could do it without giving one team a complete advantage. Mm. Like I gave one team an advantage, but not a complete utter like, yeah, you're that much better advantage. Okay, I, I get that. Okay, so as I look at mine too, we have some similarities. We both had the 49ers quote unquote at the bottom. Mine, I have them at seven and 10. And it's funny how I have it because they're going to start the season out 2-0. and They're going to beat the Lions and the Eagles. Then it's going to go downhill. They're going to lose to the Packers, the Seahawks. I think they're going to lose to the Cardinals. They're going to lose to the Colts. I think they're going to lose to the Bears. They're going to lose to the 49. They're going to lose to the Cardinals again. They're going to lose to the Rams. Like I think it's going to go downhill real quickly as well, too. Maybe they split with the Cardinals, but it's going to take a dip afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think Garoppolo's going to be decent, but I think that having Trey Lance behind him thing, I think that's going to maybe not affect him, but like every time he does anything slightly off, it's going to be like the whisper on your shoulder. Like we saw Terod Taylor having some issues with Baker sitting behind him. Just situation, maybe not quite the Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts thing where it was a complete disaster because I don't think Kyle Shanahan's Doug Peterson bad. So I don't think it'll be like that big. throw a national TV game, that's for sure. Exactly. It's not going to be that big of a conflux, but I think it's going to it's going to force Trey Lance in there and I don't think he'll be quite ready. He'll get some valuable experience. He'll make some plays, but I just, I don't think they're ready. I, I like George Kittle. The running back stable's decent. But the 49ers, like from when... A couple years ago when they made that Super Bowl run, when they came out of nowhere, everything they did to get to that point, they've kind of done the opposite since. They didn't spend a lot of money. They were smart. They picked the best player. Like, they built a team around it. This year they traded everything to get go get a quarterback, and they paid a ridiculous amount of money to a 33-year-old left tackle. Like, they are very capped at this point, too. They had to lose Richard Sherman. I think they're going to – it's going to get rough going down the stretch, and I'm worried they might have – doing the opposite of what got them to where they are now might end up hurting them. You do have Bosa coming back. I mean, you, you still have Drake Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead. Like you still got dudes. 
you're still going to be competitive in all these games. I think like seven and 10 is more of lot lines of could very easily be 11 and six. Like they could flip a lot of those games really easily. They're going to be pretty close, but I do think that quarterback thing is going to be wonky. And I think just the way they went about things, I think it's not going to be conducive for this year flipping around. Maybe long-term it's better off. Maybe Trey Lance is that guy and you just need to give him some time, but I don't think him getting, he's going to get thrust in there. Maybe Garoppolo gets traded by the deadline even because if he's struggling, I don't know. We'll see how things play out, but I have a feeling that's not going to go as smooth as like when the Chiefs drafted Patty Mahomes to sit behind Alex Smith. It's not, I don't think it's going to go anything quite like that. I think that was a very rare opportunity, usually drafting a first round quarterback. The guy ahead of me, especially a young guy like Garoppolo, I think it's going to affect him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And moving on to the next one, I have the Cardinals right after them going eight and nine. A lot of the same reasons you had. I like them a lot. I love Rodney Hudson bringing in there. AJ Green is the third option I would like, but AJ Green has slowly declined. And by slowly, I mean relatively rapidly the last two years. If he has anything left, this would be the time to find it. I like, I like him. He's one of my favorite receivers in his prime that, that I've seen play, re- but I, I'm worried that his prime is done and he's just kind of a tall body, which he'll still be effective. He'll make plays, but I'm worried. I'm thinking Andre Johnson when he left the Texans went to the Colts and the Titans. That's what I'm worried. We're going to see basically there's more drops than touchdowns. Good for one, one touchdown catch on the season, which is one of the best catches we've seen all season, but unfortunately only one catch on the season. <laughs> exactly. Or something along those lines. Like if they play the Bengals, they'll give you a 200, like they do play the Bengals late in the season. They'll give you a 200 piece then, but you'll finish the season with 400 yards or something like that. I don't like losing Ken Kenyon Drake. I don't like them not having him. I still don't like that. They don't really have a tight end that sticks out to me. Like that, that would help Kyler a lot as well too. They don't really have a check down option that I really like. It's basically D op out there somewhere. AJ green up there somewhere. Christian Kirk in the slot cooking and maybe Andy, Andy Isabel over the top. So, and on defense, JJ Watts nice, but I don't feel like that helps them. I don't think that was a position. I think that was a signing that did won't really help them as much as it's not the same JJ Watt. That's like, Oh yeah, just plug him anywhere and he'll dominate Chandler Jones. He's trying to ask out now. It looks like we'll see how that plays out. Buda Baker still a top two safety in the game. In my opinion, I, the corners, I don't like their corners either. I mean, you lose Patrick Peterson, you bring in Malcolm Butler, like, and by like Byron Murphy, like there's just a lot of holes in there. And I think there's still a year away. So that makes sense. But they're very much in the right direction. And we saw Kyler Murray get hurt last year and was not the same. I'm worried that could be something that's going to follow him throughout his career. Like they talked about, oh, he's small, getting hurt, that sort of thing. I know he didn't really miss any time, but I get worried with a smaller quarterback like that with the injuries, especially after the first one happens. And what made them so good last year for that run when they were outstanding was Kyler Murray being the best running quarterback mm-hmm. since not, not named Lamar Jackson, really. And I don't know if they can flip that around necessarily. So I want to see what Kingsbury is able to do with that moving forward as well, too. Yeah, but, and, and I'll say their tight ends, by the way, Max Williams and, and Daryl Daniels are their top two tight ends. Yeah, I, I rest my case on that one. Like it's there's nothing Max Williams and, and Daryl Daniels, who uh, if you asked me what he's ever done in the league, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. And like, we'll, we'll see. I could be wrong. Like they're another one, like a couple games here or there could easily flip it on its head, too. I mean, like uh, this division is going to be tight. Like you said, I think all these these between first place and last place, it's only separated by a handful of games too. And I, they could easily flip quickly, but next up I have the Seahawks going 10 and seven, simply because Russell Wilson deep to DK and Tyler lock. It's going to win them more games than it should. They're going to probably start off the season really good. Like they do weirdly enough. I actually think they're going to possibly depending on health injuries. I think they're going to lose week one to the Colts having to travel to Indy. Cause I think if the Colts are relatively healthy, they're going to run the ball at nauseum. And I don't know how I feel about the Seahawks defense. Obviously, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, two of the better defensive players in the game. I don't know who their corners are, especially after losing Griffin as well, too. K.J. Wright's still there as a weak side linebacker, but how how much do you have there? Quandre Diggs at safety, ops to Jamal Adams. He's pretty nice. He's a Pro Bowl player as well, but defensive line, 
not a whole lot sticks out there as well too. They really, they do miss Jadavian Clowney. They miss Frank Clark and those guys. So I think against teams like that, that can run the ball and control on their defense that aren't fully one dimensional can control things. That's going to be their Achilles heel down the stretch. Russ is still going to Russ. DK is still going to DK Tyler Lockett. Hopefully it's going to get the ball and they're going to Tyler Lockett. Chris Carson will have his moments, but that offensive line didn't get any better either. Like their first pick in the draft was a receiver. Like there's, they have a lot. Of, they'll win off of just pure gangster. Honestly, it feels like just the pure gangster of Russell Wilson, to huck it deep and not care. And his ability to throw a rainbow straight into the sky. So yeah. I'll say Seahawks go 10 and seven, possibly still wild, wild card spot. Yeah. So their corners, you know how we are. T- we, we both have them, their corners rated pretty lowly, right? Uh, Demarius Randall, Pierre Desir, Trey Flowers look to be their top three corners. Uh, that I'm seeing on their roster, which tells you all you need to know is three guys that have never really been the number one corner, any stops they had, even though they were trying to make them that way, if that makes sense. Exactly as well, too. So that leads me to the Rams, who I have leading this division at 11 and six. And I think in no small part of that is because they have a really, their first two games are against the Bears starting Andy Dalton and that same Colts team that's probably going to still be beat up without their starting quarterback. So I think they're going to start 2-0 and right there, right out of the gate. Then they have a, Then it gets a little tough after that with the Bucks, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. I had them actually only winning one of those games. I think they will lose a couple of them. But then you got the Giants. You got the Lions where Stafford's going to throw for 5 billion yards. Then you got the Texans. You got the Titans who I think they match up with really well. I think they'll beat the Titans. 49ers, they'll, I think they'll take the 49ers one of the two games. They'll, beat, they'll go one and two, one and one with the Cardinals. The Packers, they'll probably lose. Then they have Jaguars, Vikings. Like they are able to down the stretch be comfortable then you have the ravens and 49ers last two weeks two teams like i think they match up pretty well with the ravens too weirdly enough so i think it's just kind of a circumstance with them too like they're good i think that's what's giving them the spot over the seahawks matthew stafford's gonna he's gonna feel great it's probably gonna be some of the best football he's played in a long time i think even without cameron cam Akers, the sean mcveigh system of running i think they'll be able to plug somebody in there and get not the same because cam Akers was outstanding last year but like Daryl Henderson, we saw Malcolm Brown, I think it was, at running back in week one, have like three touchdowns or something like that, never seen again. Yeah, there were five weeks where there was five different 100-yard running backs for the Rams. It just <laughs> Exactly. They'll be able to plug and play. Maybe they bring back Todd Gurley and he's able to revitalize himself. Who knows? Like, they'll find something. Van Jeff. Exactly. Like, there's so many options. Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett. Like, Stafford's going to have fun. He's going to throw some no-look touchdowns. Like, they're going to be fun to watch. And I think the defense is going to – it's not going to be as good as last year was number one, but it's still going to be top five. Like, it's still good. Darren Donald and Jalen Ramsey still going to get you some stuff. But I think missing the Josh Johnsons and some of those guys will pull them back a little bit. I don't think they're quite this Super Bowl freakish favorite that some people think they are. But I think they're more than good enough to win this division. But one foul swoop, and they could very easily end up in the Cardinals spot at eight and nine and watch the Cardinals take their spot too. Like this division, as you mentioned, is razor close. I honestly, the schedule circumstance and how they split is kind of how I ended up with this. Yeah, it's it's like we talked about you in the lead in. You talked about parity. And as much as we'd love to say there's a lot of parity in the AFC West, compared to the NFC West, I don't think a single division has as much parity from top to bottom. I, I do think this is the one division where you're just like, I- you could pick the 49ers as the top team. And I'd probably have a case to give you that you could make that the, you know, the top team, like it could be anybody that that's up there. And it's shocking that this, this many good teams have this much talent built up yet. They still have like position groups that are just complete holes. It, it is kind of shocking. 
exactly like no team no team in this division is bad per se like they are all good like there's nobody there's not like oh it's a two-team race or oh it's a three-team race or it's like oh one's really good and three others are pretty decent like afc west no this one is everybody is basically seven and a half to eight basically they're all right there all really good they could all end up making the playoffs or all picking in the draft lottery basically like it could go either way depending on injuries honestly and just how certain games play out certain timing and things like that's why it's so flukish it's so weird i i this division was really tough to pick like i I've honestly flipped a coin in my head over who was going to win this one as, as we were going along, going through the schedule. I was like, well, they start with the bears and the Colts. So that's going to help the Rams, at least, especially a broken Colts and a non Justin Fields led bears, probably going to lose to the bucks. Then you have the Cardinals and Seahawks. Even if you lose both those or you win one of those, you'll get a chance to redeem it. Then you get the giants and the lions and the Texans. After that, get yourself some momentum. You got the Titans who I think is a good team, but I think the Rams match up good with them. Then you get that 49ers team. Then you get the Packers. That's a tough stretch. Then you get the Jaguars. Then you get the Cardinals again. Then the Seahawks again. Vikings, Ravens. So like, I just like the way the Rams schedule falls for them, honestly, especially with, and I think Stafford's going to have some electric moments this year too. Oh yeah. Look, him him getting to play the North uh, is probably about as much poetic justice as <laughs> I could ever imagine. And then on top of that, I don't think I have a more exciting game listed on my schedule other than the Rams Lions. And that has nothing to do with the fact it's the Lions on the other side. It well, I mean, their personnel at least. Mm. It has purely the fact to do with it is Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit to beat the Lions. And what would be crazy is imagine Jared Goff came out there and played the game of his life and just pieced up this Rams team and came out came out the W. Maybe the Lions only win on the season. It would be the most shocking, but at the same time, I, I look, I love parody and random storylines that pop up and that is one of them i'm just like we all love what matt stafford came out to do for the lions anybody who's watched football had always hoped that you got to see him make that next step with the lions because that team was so much fun to watch when they had calvin johnson and it was you know it was matt stafford and then to do the things he's done i mean you talk about iron man in baseball and cal ripkin i don't think there's been a better iron man in football than matt stafford and i say that i know he's had a lot of injury woes i'm not saying like he's played every game but just as far as to play the game the right way and to do it for your team in the ways he's done. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass in the waning seconds with a separated shoulder. Oh, the clock was at zero. That was an untimed play. And he did that too with a dead shoulder. Then he's after he throws, he's walking off, basically drooped over completely broken. Like he's, he's absolutely sensational. It's great to see him with this opportunity. And I, I hope it plays out for a sake, even if the Rams aren't as good as maybe they're not a Super Bowl team, but at least he's in a chance where on paper it looks like he should be just fine. Maybe the Rams underperform, but it's still better than anything's at in Detroit in almost a decade. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that does it for us today, guys. AFC West, NFC West. Let us know. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Let us know. I don't know how you have to do it, but DM us, send us messages because we have fun when we do these. And honestly, some of these... some of these divisions are a lot harder to to pick than we ever expect and so let us know what we got right and you know what you can guarantee that by the end of the season we will probably have some some poster boy material from these two picks these two selections already i can already almost guarantee it and you will hear some of our best and worst selections at the end of the year but that's at the end of the year still coming up for the next couple weeks we have the rest of the divisions in the league so be sure to stay tuned for all of that because we will give you all our breakdowns leading up to the kickoff of the nfl season So for DJ, I'm Kelsey, and until next time, guys, we'll see you later. Mary 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.